Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Charlie. And we're two 20-somethings rereading our favourite childhood book with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode, we are reading chapters three and four of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. So grab glass and settle in for our drunken, reminiscent journey. Hello. Hello. How's you? I'm fine. How are you? Fine, since the last half an hour ago that we recorded. Yep, guys, this episode is coming out all the way in something like December, but right now England hasn't locked down again. Festive, festive. Christmas Which is time. why we're recording this together, because these episodes are pre-recorded. Yay. Anyway, hi, it's episode 56. We're reading chapters three and four of Order of the Phoenix. What are we drinking today? We are drinking something, probably the thing I've been the, I'm the most excited for, aside from Hannah ruined it. I didn't uh, ruin it. We're drinking Bailey's hot chocolate. Yeah, this is a, another patron requested alcohol. This is from our wonder, wonderful Hufflepuff tier patron, Vera, who requested we drink Bailey's hot chocolate. Uh, when I told her this would actually not be coming out to around Christmas, she said that's fine because she wanted it to be cosy. And it is. We actually, because of the whole tier two thing that we can't, like, well, we can't... So, me and Hannah can see each other because we run this together and it's a business, but we can't see other people, people. as well. Um, so the other day I had Hannah and a few other people over for drinks in my garden. So we had a fire and drank Bailey's hot chocolate. Yep. Um, it and it was great. And I love Bailey's hot chocolate. Cute. Hannah did, however, ruin... I didn't. This didn't Bailey's ruin. hot chocolate. Didn't ruin it. By, what's it called, Hannah? Squirty, squirty liquid. It's, yeah. It's something. It's not cream. It's not cream. It's squirty something. Squirt in a can. And when did we buy it? A year ago. A year ago. Hannah has put that in our drink. Does it resemble cream? No. It re- resembles like double cream, not like canned cream. Like it didn't come out. Oh, it tastes fine. Stop making a fuss. It tastes it good. It literally just like, it was like someone jizzed in a drink. Tastes good. Mm, I love Bailey's hot chocolate. I used to, this is sad, make this at university oh. when I was like really stressed in third year where you can no longer go out and party. Yeah. And you know when you would like have to pull all-nighters and then you would be up at a weird time. So I would then sometimes make myself a Bailey's hot chocolate. I just used to make hot chocolate because I didn't drink for most of university. Also, it's cu- Hannah has drunk like half of hers yeah, already. Yeah, sorry, it's really tasty. Um, I put it down. But yeah, hot chocolate is a very important part of mine and Hannah's friendship. I think we've said it before, but back when we used to work together, we used to constantly, like every single day, have a hot chocolate break at work. And we just used to go and make a hot chocolate and it was incredibly cute. And we bonded over hot chocolate. So now this is very cute. Yeah. So thank you so much to Vera for having this as her Patreon drink. Mm -hmm. We also have some shout-outs from other brand-new patrons to welcome to our Patreon. So a super massive thank you to Sophie. A Death Star-sized thank you to Dee the Shadow. An Amazonian-sized thank you to Anna. An Elephant-sized thank you to Ella. Can I point out we had an Anna and an Ella, and it's like... Anna and Elsa is that was that their names in Anna twi- and Elsa in in in, 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 in I said Twilight. Twilight in Frozen <laughs> in Twilight in Frozen Twilight. yeah cute a mahusive thank you to Molly a mega size thank you to Magic Space oh, what thank you also for making us read out that name <laughs> catastrophically huge thank you to Courtney and a 
giraffes size thank you to Julia who has upgraded her pledge. They have all joined Patreon where they get access to our Discord, access to our close friends list on Instagram. They get bonus People episodes. People know what they, they get. They get behind the scenes stuff. Shush. They got early access to merch. They're our friend. Everyone's we our friends. We prefer them to the rest of you. No. No. No, but the, <laughs> you do just get to chat with us on Discord and also chat with the other people on Discord who are amazing. Are. There is so much cuteness happening on Discord. Recently, so this will be like a, a month and a half ago by the time this goes live, but I'm sure they're doing something similar by now, but they started doing Sunday Harry Potter film watches. Yep. Um, so they like stream it. Whoever owns a copy basically streams it through Discord and you all like watch and either on audio or or on camera and it's incredibly cute and I joined one of them when I was absolutely shit-faced and then got roasted for it the next day and um, they also did a bunch of Halloween films together recently it's I hope they're doing cute. Christmas films I'm sure they will be yeah. so, if not I will be making them do it so if you want some new friends in lockdown too come and join the cuteness over on discord but we also have our favourite review of this episode so our favourite review says this podcast is so amazing I can't stop listening to it and it keeps me company during covid lockdown i love your british accents and your long tangents always the best bit of the episode i'm now on episode 31 and the podcast just keeps getting better i would recommend this podcast to anyone who is interested in harry potter or drunken tangents about british geography and in brackets is over 18 this review was sandwiched next to one on where we see our reviews that said i'm 14 and listening and i was like no 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 this is why we now have to have a on the discord and not safe for work chat yeah because there are under 18 year olds but anyway thank you so much to hold on let me read out who that was that was Coljazdu. Coljazdu for leaving that review thank you so much so on to chapter three of harry potter and the order of the phoenix the advance guard i always thought it was advanced guard and then I got very confused. Guard. They also never call themselves the advance guard. They just no. call themselves their guard. There's the rear guard. So I assume that's why these people are the advance guard. But advanced means early, surely. I don't know. But they're not early because they're the guard. They're the guard. The rear guard it's is the rear the guard, guard, but they're the guard. It would, Yeah, like they're the guard. So the advance guard would be who? I don't know. Harry writes three notes demanding info from Ron, Hermione and Sirius. He's rude to Hedwig, which I understand he's in a bad mood, but I do not care. Do not be rude to your owl. Nope. She did not deserve that. She did not. It's three full days passes where Harry is around the clock locked in his bedroom, only getting food through a cat flap. <laughs> Sorry, I wish you could have seen what I saw when I said that word. As I said that, I turned and Charlie was lifting a melted marshmallow out of the hot chocolate into her mouth and just licking marshmallow from around herself. And it's now choking. (laughs) Tasty. Same what I did. Right. Tell us all what you did. I ate the marshmallow. Sure. Then the look on your face made me laugh. Right. So I choked. Yep. Inhaled mushroom. And the mushroom. Mushroom. (laughs) The marshmallow. What? Oh my God, Uh, it's still three o'clock in the afternoon. And it just hit the back of my throat and it's laced in Baileys. So then it just started to burn and I just started to choke. I need more Baileys. I think I like injured the back of my throat. Talking of laced sweets, I've only once in my life had someone make me like those vodka gummy bears. That's not where I thought you were going with this. And oh my God, I thought that those would just taste like 
you know, like gummy bears that tasted a bit like vodka. No, no, no. They're like biting down on a pure vodka shot. Really? They are. In, well, it depends how young you leave them. But my mm. friend had left them in the vodka for three days. What? They had like triple. They were that big now from traditional mm. gummy bears. They just expand. So they're filled with a shot's worth of vodka encased inside a gummy bear, essentially. Wow. Yeah, I've never had that. I've had oh, jello shots. Well, but... okay. If you're thinking about joining the $20 tier patron on our Patreon and you want us to request an alcohol but don't know what to think, someone make us do. Yeah. We want to point out, actually, people aren't getting creative enough. People are too nice to us. We people expect you all to be horrible. Nice. Like, honestly, like, you could literally, like, create some terrible combination and we would have to do it well i do set them limits but mostly those yeah. limits are monetary they, they're not yeah. to do with how mean you have but, to be you know neil did suggest earlier someone could be like i want you to drink each other's piss we're not gonna do that no we do have lines but no one has said could you please pre-soak gummy bears in vodka for three days then eat the gummy bears yeah or like anything else you could literally just someone could be like a cup okay. of tea and or like we i have a smoothie maker you could be like Mash a banana and put rum in there and then drink the combination. Yeah, or you could Please be like, make a that. cup of tea and put tequila in it. <gasps> you know? Why are we encouraging this? Thank you, know. Vera, for your Bailey's hot chocolate. <laughs> we're encouraging this because it's future us problem because we can't do any joint alcohols for quite a while because we're about to go into lockdown. Oh, yeah. So that sounds like a problem for 2021 us. So Harry's locked in his room around the clock apart from to piss and food is pushed <laughs> through a cat flap, which, um, hello, abuse. Yeah, that's not a normal thing. And also, what if there's a fire? Doesn't matter. Because they then go out leaving him locked in there. What if there was a Well, fire? actually, yeah, it doesn't actually say Harry is locked in around the clock. Harry chooses to stay in his room. No, I think it does say he's locked in there. Well, no, it says he can pee at any point. But yeah, then when they go out, Vernon locks the door and I'm yeah. like, fire. What if Harry needs to pee in the night and you're gone for hours? Do you just expect him to piss in a cup? Do you expect him to piss out the window? Maybe. Probably. So on the fourth night, the Dursleys go out and then like half an hour later, Harry hears noise downstairs. His door is magically unlocked from the outside and there's a whole group of people standing in the hallway. You know when you're watching a horror film and they hear a noise and they go after it, you're just like, no. And also, Harry was not stopped from getting letters. Why couldn't they tell him they were coming? I guess maybe in case like a Death Eater saw it. Intercepted it, yeah, good point. But like, you'd think... Voldemort's come back. You've just been attacked by Dementors. You know any number of people are out to kill you. Yep. Your door unlocks itself and you hear voices. Yep. Walk Why? The voices. Why? Walk towards the voices. He's dumb. He's so dumb. We knew this. I mean, he does have his wand out, but then he puts it in his back pocket. So I'll get to that. Um, he, anyway, so it's Moody and Lupin are the first people Harry recognises. The rest of the people are all new. But we get introduced to two of my favourite adult later characters in the series, Tonks and Kingsley Shacklebolt. Yes, love Kingsley. Love Kingsley. Love Tonks when I first read through. Mm. And then the moment... She was in the films. I'm so sorry. It kind I've of ruined never, it that much. No, I've never hated an actress more. Oh, she didn't get enough time or lines or anything. No, I just find her like excruciatingly annoying. I mean, yeah, she's not. I don't. And she just wasn't how I pictured Tom. No, she wasn't. 
at all. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. No, the designers did some sort of, like, steampunk thing, and I was like, that was not how Tonks was described. No, she was supposed to be really young and colourful and cool. Cool. Yeah, she was also meant to be, like, if we take the fact that she says she's only been in Aura for a year, we know that Aura training takes around three years after school. She's younger than us. Yeah, she'll be like 21. Essentially, she'll just be fresh out of uni. Yeah, essentially. This is like her first job, fresh out of uni kind of yeah, thing. So like, she, she's 21, maybe 22. And also, how cool is that to be like a 21-year-old woman that's then just joining the revolution? Yeah, like literally, this is the coolest fucking character. Like, because it's not even like, because a lot of them, like, I'm not saying they wouldn't have anyway, but like... It's essentially all of their mates. Like, it's people they've known and trusted for so many years and worked with and they were in the first, you know, Voldemort rebellion. Yeah. That's why they did. For Tonks, like, she's got no friendship loyalty she's got no like historical reasons to. well she does have very interesting family reasons why she might want to yeah she does but like you know what i'm saying like it's very easy to be like every single one of my mates are doing this so yeah but literally to her she's just like oh some of my colleagues and then and she's clearly like barely been there a year but has gotten in tight enough with people like kingsley that when he's then joining the rebellion he's like knows to say like oh yeah tonks will but i also think like it is so nice to like I love the subtlety in the writing of how how much she's been taken under Kingsley and Moody's wing and I think it's very obvious in the text that they've seen some real potential in there so both of these very senior men who are very good at their job have gone this girl is the next big thing yeah I'm gonna take her and train her yeah and it's also like just a huge thing like if you're forming that kind of rebellion within a government yeah like anyone like you can't just wander up and go oh you're not interested no worries like you you've got you to know really, someone's and to interested trust someone who's like 21 and once you and find you out more about her long. backstory like you find out but I don't know if they knew that like I i fucking love Tonks and I, I fucking love Kingsley Kingsley yeah, is he's awesome the coolest yeah but like even back to Tonks <laughs> even, <laughs> <Fuck> even, <the> <laughs> yeah. like even on like a more superficial level mm. just growing up like reading the books like I was a colourful haired teenager and she was like a colourful haired young adult I just yeah. looked up to her in terms of being like that's so cool if I was a wizard I'd want to be like a metamorph magus or whatever it's yeah. called and in my teens I was only known by my surname and Tonks was only known by her surname yeah I felt it like she's just literally the coolest and she I just is. wanted to be able to do this like change your appearance I know I, lo- I love it so uh, Tonks and Kingsley were introduced them moody then tells harry off for putting his wand in his back pocket because he says better wizards have you have lost buttocks to doing that which i this sounds like one of those stories you know when those teachers were like i knew a kid who swung back on his chair once i was literally about to say swung back on his chair shut up mr whatever no you didn't yeah or like yes i'm sure one kid died from swinging back in his chair but not every single teacher knew that one kid i also feel like jk desperately wanted the line to be blew off a bollock not a buttock yeah because a front pocket is quite a bad bollock direction yeah just imagine you blowing off a bollock with magic but also quite impressive like imagine you just missed your cock but got the bollock <laughs> ow like understandably you blow the entire thing off or just your cock but to actually just blow a bollock off no it's bottocks so um we find out that the Dursleys have been sent to the all england best kept suburban lawn competition which i'm not gonna lie is a competition which probably happens in this country i was gonna say i was going the opposite i was like why did they believe this was real no it's probably real harry tries to ask them about voldemort but they all shush him and uh moody takes his eyeball out (laughs) 
<laughs> that's it the way you just did that run on sentence was like and then he took Harry's eyeball <laughs> he just <laughs> took <laughs> the eyeball um, <laughs> Harry goes up to his room to pack and Tonks come with him which oh my god if I was a 15 year old child going up to my room with a 21 year old woman who is easily the coolest person he's ever seen in his life I don't know how Harry I would just if, imagine this another way around and a man was like I'll come and help and he was 21 and gorgeous I'd be like no n- n- I'm going to die instead yeah also Harry's been locked in his room not doing anything for like four days one There's- it's going to be disgusting too like I'm just picturing like just a pile of tissues by his bed I'm also just pictur- the biggest pile I'm also just picturing like Harry makes it seem a bit awkward but I'm reading between the lines that he was actually just like oh, oh my god she's so pretty <laughs> definitely <laughs> she's gonna see my cum socks that dog gave me <laughs> yeah because it literally says he's left shit everywhere I'm like <laughs> oh my Actual god human feces <laughs> no, there's Hedwig shit everywhere <laughs> Harry is disgusting um, uh, Tongs changes her hair colour from violet to pink and explains that she is a metamorphagus metamorphagus yeah. so wanted to have a conversation about this because this is sick yeah but also, like, how dysmorphic would this make you? So, one, I'm assuming that you do have, like, a default how you actually look. That I'm yes. guessing if you don't put any effort into changing yourself, that you just default yeah, back to. Yeah, and I think we saw that in, like, book six when Tonks is depressed. Yeah. Like, and she has, like, her default. And it says she's really struggling to metamorphosize. Yeah. But then could you picture, like, being a teenager and, like, having this ability? That would fuck you up no it would you would become so dysmorphic like when I was a teenager one I went through so many phases Mm -hmm. and I just like I could just literally just picture being like 14 like a wannabe scene kid like on tumblr literally like month after month wanting to look a different way going through a different phase trying to work out who I was and that's fine where you can't change what you look like because you're forced to embrace it Mm. and work with it and like find beauty in how you look but like imagine if you could literally just go oh that girl on Tumblr's pretty. I'm going to look like her. And then the next week, no, I want to look like her. Yeah, it's not just like, You would oh, never I can... accept yourself. Yeah, it's not just like, oh, I can emulate other people, which we all did when we were younger. You could literally change your appearance to... Well, I don't know how seriously she can do it because there's never an instance where she literally changes into another person we but know. We, but but we so also... can she do that? I would guess so. But we also, we just don't see enough of Tonks to no. really know. Like, I hate that we never properly get to see her, like properly in action yeah like it's kind of mentioned here and there but we never like i would have fully loved to have like a full like scene like well, her to she get does, her moment well she does fight at the end of book five but, but she gets do, badly injured and it's also like it's like she is one of many many people yeah. mentioned in like a sentence yeah. in a fight like i would like to have actually seen her get a moment yeah definitely yeah and i would like to know how much metamorph because we know she can change her appearance like a crazy amount but can she change it to be exactly the same as someone else's you think she can at least get similar yeah it, i don't think she could ever get the same the way i picture it is a bit like if you try to like mold someone like if you had like a clay of head what a head of clay a clay of head yes if you had like a head of clay like you were on an art attack and then (laughs) great and then they were like okay make this into like like you could get close yeah especially depending on your artistic abilities but like you know and the way someone looks is so just like not superficial like it's all to do with the bones under your skin the muscle layout on top of that that like the nuances of that would be almost impossible to replicate, but she could get similar looking. Exactly. Like, she could probably change her nose, but then, like, maybe the kind of muscle and bone structure would be a more difficult, like... Yeah. So maybe if she already kind of looked like someone, it would be a lot easier. Yeah. So she changes her hair from violet to pink, 
and explains that she's an aura. And Harry is like, oh my god, this person's amazing. Harry Which, like, comes as he should pants. be. This is the best woman she's you've like, ever I'm met. I'm an aura, and he just like clutches the wall and is like, oh yeah. She's literally like, yeah, I only passed a year ago, and also I'm a metal. And Harry's like, wow. Yeah, which as he should be. If yeah. you're not in love with this woman, Harry, then you are super gay for serious. Like I see why you're the, the, the yeah. But also, can we talk about how it is a travesty that then like Tonks is supposed to be straight? I'm sorry. Look at her hair. Look at her hair and her general demeanor. And we'll get to it in book seven. And I am not saying that I don't like like her and Remus. And I am not saying that it's wrong. I for don't her like to have her a, and Remus. Okay. And I'm not saying it's wrong for a woman that young to, who's good at her career to have a child because all women's choices are valid. But the Tonks character we meet in this book would not choose to have a child in the middle of a war that she is very passionate about fighting in. And when she was literally would have still been younger than us. This bitch didn't do that. And I think, like, we do kind of... I do think in the wizarding community, it seems like they have kids younger. Which is weird, as they live older. Yeah, because even, like, Lily was, like, 21, wasn't she? Which is horrifying. (gasps) Each to their own, but I'm just... Personally speaking, (gasps) me at 21, no. No babies. But, yeah, like, Tonks literally has the most incredible, awkward bisexual energy. This is not a straight woman. And obviously, I like, I know, like, she ends up with Lupin, but that doesn't mean she's not bi. But... She is bi. Like, she is an awkward bi. Like, mm-hmm. I see I see all of that. She just is. Like, and it's it should just have been never specifically said. Yep. Nope. Should have been in the text. Yeah. It's fine that she ends up with Lupin. Like, I do see it, but I agree I that she's it. not just sexually attracted towards men. Um, there is also a bit when she sees Harry's firebolt and she's like really impressed and she's like I'm still riding a comic 360 and I'm just like this is really dumb this is the first time I realised that it's like a car metaphor no it's a car metaphor therefore she is being coded as the coolest women woman to ever walk this planet because she's like I'm an aura I love cars <laughs> yeah literally she's like Harry's wet dream just like jizzing everywhere <laughs> yeah but at the same time like this is literally like you go into like a 15 year old's boy bedroom and he has a Ferrari and you're still driving a Fiat 500 like you know <laughs> yeah she deserves a firebolt she packs everything for him and they uh, grab things and go downstairs Moody uses a disillusionment charm on Harry, which is, as far as I remember, the only time we see this spell. It is a super cool spell, and I wish we'd seen more of it, because I was trying to work out, like, this could have been really useful. Like, couldn't you, when you were fighting, like, a load of people, disillusionment yourself so you're harder to spot and aim for? It must be really hard. And also, like, whilst you are harder to spot, I feel like once you've found someone you probably can then basically see them yeah but i'm just saying it would be harder if you were like if you were like oh i have to run away from these people like if you disillusioned yourself yeah it would make it a lot easier like i'm sad that this spell is mentioned because i'm like wow it's super cool and then not brought back maybe you can't do it to yourself you can only do it to other people which obviously in the like in the thruples thing they could have each done it to each other but maybe it's hard and it's time consuming. Like, it seems like a slow process. It says it that it trickled. So I guess mm. you're like running away. Yeah, it's you not something you could do in a panic, maybe. Yeah, and I just wish we'd seen another yeah. instance of it. They've got the invisibility cloak, so I guess. 
It's not necessary, but... Like, you know, when Harry goes off to get food when they're camping, he always just uses a cloak. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there could have been one more instance where they use this. Like, it's really cool. Unless I'm forgetting something. So we find out that these are the guard that are taking Harry to a location. But A, there's a rear guard, and B, someone is setting off these sparks. So how many people are part of this operation? And also, like, this is where this book is, like, I think the most frustrating for being set from Harry's perspective. I'm like, I want to know about this guard organisation. I want to know who's in the rear guard i want to just know yeah 100% like and the books are long enough just from harry's perspective but also like i do want that game of thrones style like each chapter from someone else's point of view um, especially to highlight what a dick harry is (laughs) so yeah the sparks come up as a signal moody is being incredibly dramatic he is like if we We all die die, carry on flying east and it's just like quite funny because no one tries anything it's not like when you have the seven potters in the last book and people no one tries anything but before moody is like we're gonna die but this is also why i love tonks because she's like shut up to the person who is essentially her boss she's like shut up go away we're not going to die exactly no one's ever had their buttocks blown off mate (laughs) she's great so the journey is fucking freezing and very wet and Um, he's like i want to take us through a cloud (laughs) let's double back through a cloud no no following you so they finally get to their destination which is described as grimy because we had this conversation the other day yeah we did when we did our photo shoot for our merch we actually went to the place where they filmed number 12 i find it quite weird because it's like to me because you know separating the books and the films is quite a hard thing but like in the films like it's just a like it's like it's almost like they were like oh they're pure blood wizards so they must be really wealthy yeah and that's not what actually it's described as quite like a rundown grimy area but but it's described it com- as like it is similar to the type of houses they use the similar ones that my flat is in like old Georgian houses but have got actually when they were like the peeling paint the rusty railings and the piles of rubbish I was like sometimes my street looks like that my door has black peeling paint like i just think harry's being really judgmental <laughs> yeah maybe he is but it's just yeah it, it it's... is weird that pure blood wizards would choose and also that. the thing is like it's described as this massive massive house so i'm like it surely can't be in that much of a rundown area well if it's somewhere like here where it's rundown because other places have been turned into flats but the original building itself is quite big do you know what i mean because some of these buildings on this street are four floors but they're not run down. No, but there's other areas of London where these types are completely run down. Yeah, but... Because it's not like they're in, like, ex-council house style run down because the house is older than that. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think, like, it's one of those things, and obviously it was different because this was set in the 90s, but here, like, if you have, like, a huge, huge, huge house in London, it's very expensive. Like, you would n- not get, like, a huge multi-story yeah. Georgian house. That was a bargain like you're not in a like poverty stricken area but it's also like why would the blacks have a central london house as their family home yeah it's really weird because like we we learn a lot about like muggle villages no wizarding villages and stuff like that but we never hear that much about those wizards that do choose to live in muggle areas and you would think that the blacks who historically dislike muggles intensely would choose to live in maybe like the malfoys do like a country estate yeah not a central London location. Yeah. Like sandwiched in between muggles. It's I find very it really odd. weird. So, yeah, they land in what we assume to be London. Moody uses Dumbledore's put out a slash deluminator slash delighter slash whatever we want to call it to stop them being seen and hands Harry a note that says, the headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix are, and then the address. 
and, and then we're the like, but this is like an early mention. Like, I think this is the earliest in a book we've ever heard the name of the book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is very early. Mm-hmm. Chapter four, four, number 12. Grim- it's really weird, like, jumping back to the lower numbers again. I know. Chapter four. Grim also, I only realised as an adult that Grim Old Place was Grim Old, old Place. place. Yep. So Harry thinks about the notes and then number 12 appears. He is confused at the fact that it swaps from number 11 to number 13 with no number 12. But in most streets in Britain, you have the odd numbers on one side and the even numbers on the other. So I don't know why he's so confused at the number 12 being missing. What really... So my street is the opposite. So it goes high numbers one side low numbers on that the other that is a disgusting way to lay out a street it makes getting a takeaway fucking impossible because even though it's a normal not complicated street that literally just parallel houses either side all of the takeaway drivers will just look on one side and because they like drive up on it the, so they'll look at one side and they'll be like one two, two three. three and then like i live at like a higher number and then they'll drive all the way down the road and go oh i'm only at like 40 yeah, because you drove past me. Ugh. Look at the other side. But obviously they don't assume. You no. think they would be like, wait, because this is really odd and even. That's a stupid but... way to lay out a street. Yeah. So maybe this is stupidly. Well, I think because it's a square, you don't have the house on the opposite side because there's a garden in the yeah. middle. So you just have them running. But I just find it funny. Yeah. But also, like, the thing is, so at some point this spell has been cast. So we don't know if that was maybe when the blacks were there or if it's a later thing to be the secret keeper to protect the Order of the Phoenix. So one day, that house would have disappeared. Yeah. What? And the muggles were just like, okay. Well, I don't know whether the spell works so that people just don't notice. No, because I don't think it's that. I swear there's a line at some point. It wasn't, we didn't just read it, but I swear there's a line at some point that like, it's just like a kind of like local joke that they just forgot to put the number 12 in when they were numbering. Yeah, I think Harry says he assumes the muggles just think it's an odd quirk and it's been mistakenly numbered. Yeah, but then surely it would have just been... had to disappear at some point. But yeah. maybe it was so long ago that it doesn't matter anymore. But then it still happened at some point. I don't know. Very, it's very, very odd. odd. So yeah, it's described as a derelict house which to be honest sounds like a lot they're like the peeling black paint on the front door I was like I have peeling black paint on the front door of my flat leave me alone please (laughs) Uh, they go inside it's very dark and Harry is told to stay quiet Mrs Weasley appears hugs Harry but then straight away says that the meeting has started and that she needs to go basically she leads Harry upstairs Harry should be in this meeting this makes me so angry he shouldn't the Yes, he should. The entire theme of this book and the later books is just like, no one communicates with Harry. It makes the situation worse. It's like Harry is the chosen one. If anyone needs to be having as much information as possible, it should be him. Well, all of the problems that are caused in this book and then have knock-on effects to the later is the fact that Dumbledore and everyone else was not telling Harry shit. They just told him shit. We would not have had half of the issues that we had and also we would have been saved several very angsty chapters well i don't think he should be in the meeting but they should have planned his arrival to then have another sit down meeting with all the important people to explain what is going on like he shouldn't be in the order of the phoenix because i agree with the adults that this is a place for 
adults. We are not putting children in the fighting. But they should have they been like, he doesn't Harry have to be arrive. fighting. Harry arrives. So not... let's have a meeting with everyone important so that it can be explained to Harry rather than Harry having to scream at people until they tell him shit. Yeah, no, I'm not saying he should be in the fighting. I'm not saying putting him in the line of fire, but he should be clued into what's happening. Like the fact that they, and I know that Dumbledore's like, I didn't want to tell you things because I was worried that that Voldemort could see. But then it's like, why didn't you then start Occlumency now? Like to me, that excuse has never made any sense. I'm like, you should have just, Harry gets there, you start his Occlumency lessons with anyone other than Snape. <laughs> and then you keep him in the loop so that he's not angsty and that so he then doesn't get confused and make mistakes that eventually leads to Sirius's death. Well, this entire book, the theme is like Dumbledore's failure to yeah. understand what Harry needed. Like that is the theme of the book and the grave consequences exactly. that led to. But it's really fucking annoying. We essentially don't need... This book could have just not happened. Oh yeah, it doesn't add much to the overall plot of Harry Potter apart from like look at the mistakes this person made. Exactly, like it's literally a pointless book. But I'm it's sorry. very long. <laughs> it's a very long very pointless book just of Harry being angsty and it all could have been avoided if like Dumbledore should have spent this year instead communicating with Harry training Harry mm-hmm. making him focus on his studies so that he's ready, making him learn the the whatever it's called occupancy like you know that's a better use of a book don't tell him anything so yeah he's kind of ushered through this dark house and like left alone but he passes a severed troll's leg and decapitated house elf heads on the way Mm -hmm. which is just tasty miss sweezy shows him to a room upstairs and he is attacked by a hermione hug she kind of attacks him with her love he gets drowned in her hair he does people would pay good money for that yeah she starts talking a lot like her sentences just roll on in a terrifying way and immediately in the first sentence she's like dumbledore made them promise not to tell you anything it's it's very obvious that ron hermione have been together um for weeks which um yeah i would be so pissed off if i was harry imagine the fomo the fomo would be so bad like i would be so angry yeah but at the same time like i I get the fomo but harry like acts as if he's been kept for like half a year in the dark (laughs) it was four four weeks. weeks that is not that long and like so on the one dramatic. hand I kind of get it because back when I was in school and the summer holidays were six weeks and that felt like a lifetime it did feel like a long time but now four weeks now and I'm just like I went by. to the loo opened TikTok and suddenly it was four weeks later do you know what I mean like yeah, that's like not... March was yesterday this year makes no sense time has no meaning exactly I just like four weeks on, that goes so quickly yeah. I understand how it goes so slowly when you're being left in the dark and like left alone but yeah, yeah. Ron says they haven't been allowed in the meetings, which still haven't been explained at this point. And Harry proceeds to lose his, his shit. shit. He just starts screaming, which is probably good for him. Yeah, get it out, Harry. Like, get it all out. Like, maybe don't yell at Ron and Hermione. But don't yell at a painting. Well, maybe, like, have some therapy. Dumbledore could have given that to yep. you. But uh, yelling will help. But once they've stopped him yelling, Ron and Hermione managed to say that the Order of the Phoenix is a secret society founded by Dumbledore to fight Voldemort. Super cool. Very cool. Ron and Hermione haven't been in the meetings, but Fred and George have invented something called extendable ears. So they have been able to know what's going on. And this is the point where we were like, okay, so we can work out by the text that Ron and the Weasleys have been in this house roughly three weeks. So term finished four weeks ago. 
Ron and the Weasleys have been there roughly three weeks because the story about Percy says it happened in the first week while they were still in the burrow. Why is Hermione here? And why wasn't she at her parents? And when did she arrive here? And oh my God, what is happening? Yeah, like we've talked about it before when she just starts to choose to not go on holiday and not go back for Christmas. But like, it must suck for the parents to literally be abandoned. That it's like, she's like, magic and my friends are better than you. She's an only child. She doesn't choose to come home for Christmas and Easter. And then this summer she was like, I assume maybe she arrived a week after Ron. So she was home for two weeks and then yeeted and herself back to her friends. also not normal or realistic behaviour from a 15-year-old. Fair enough if you're a 15-year-old with a horrible living situation at yeah. home. But she's not. She's got loving parents. This is not... I'm sorry. She is 15. You want home and comfort when you're 15. And you need the support of your parents at this yeah. time. Like She shouldn't be growing up without... Ron is surrounded by a supportive family. Yeah, they annoy him sometimes, but he is surrounded by this constant support. But Hermione... I mean, like we don't know how often she writes them and the letters she writes them, but I can only assume this is... Like, drives a wedge between her and her parents. Because... Like, if I had a 15-year-old daughter, I wouldn't let her go and stay in this house. I don't understand how this situation even happens. Yeah, I feel, like, really bad for the parents. But this also, like, kind of reminds me of... I've been re-watching Buffy for the second time this year. (laughs) And anyone that's watched Buffy, what the fuck about Willow's parents? I mean, Xander's is... Both of them, basically, Willow and Xander, their parents are just, like, non-existent. And Xander's is explained quite well, but Willow's is barely ever explained there's like one episode that kind of focuses on her mum but not enough to like really explain it's genuinely just like they just don't have parents like they just couldn't be bothered to explain why these kids get away with so much so it's just like and then we like there's maybe like one throwaway line to be like oh willow's parents are crap aren't they like but this just reminds me of that i feel like the same thing is kind of done with the grangers where they're just it's not like they're like crap parents in the way that they're like abusive but just crap parents in the way that they're just absent and it's like really unnecessary for a book which goes into excruciating detail about the walk harry took from yeah privet drive to wisteria walk that we get less than i think like four sentences combined about yeah. hermione's parents hermione is arguably the second most important character tied with ron in these books you have harry then you have ron hermione and Ron's family, look at all this detail. Look at fucking great aunt, whatever yeah. her name is, who we still have pages yeah, of detail like, about. And I know that they're muggles, but that doesn't mean that it's not relevant. You could have tied them in really, really interesting ways and had their perspective involved in, in kind of enlightened the words. But like, it just like, it annoys me. And at the end of the day, like it's a sexist issue that one, she doesn't get as much background story. And two, that here she is at 15, this perfectly formed, self-sufficient, independent, mature person that doesn't need her parents, that actually spends a lot of her time parenting Harry and Ron. Yeah. And we just don't get the same background info that we do for, like, the male two characters. And it, like, it is quite sexist. And it's also so, like, stupid because the the emotional impact of what she ends up having to do in book seven is horrific and it makes me like I, like it makes me really sad every time I think about it but it would have been so much greater if the work was put in to make the Grangers more realised characters in these earlier yeah. books like, and it's not that hard like in book six I believe that Harry is dropped off at the burrow two weeks into the holidays and Hermione is already there and has already been there a day A. Why? B. 
why couldn't she be dropped off the same day as Harry so we could have some sort of interaction with the Grangers and write that into the story? That would have been interesting. We could have heard how the Grangers are reacting to the war that we that they must know is happening from a muggle perspective. Yeah. It would have been interesting. And also, it's like, I know that in the later books, we start to get more of a Ginny-Hermione friendship. But for the most part, in these kind of like earlier books, when, her, when Hermione is just not spending any time with her parents, like, she doesn't go home for Christmas. She goes home for maybe two weeks over the summer and then she just goes to the burrow and it's like you don't get along with Ron most of the time you've not yet fully developed your friendship with Ginny and even once she does still you wouldn't you see her most of the year you wouldn't leave your parents for that like it's almost like I would buy it more if like the romance had developed earlier like I think there is a lot between them we're not seeing because I think there's a point in this book where this Harry is unobservant. And Harry is storming away from them, turns around quickly and says they exchanged a look which confirmed everything, which told him, confirmed everything that they had been discussing behind his back. So they, I think this book really starts to develop develop this thing of like... could be a friendship thing. It could, but... And I don't think it's necessarily romantic, but I think this book makes it clear that Ron and Hermione have their own thing that is separate to Harry. And yes, it discusses Harry most of the time, but it is a separate dynamic than what Harry has with either of them. Yeah, but like, I think you know that could still be a friendship thing and I think that yeah like Harry is like a really unobservant thing but what I mean is like I don't think that they're just like friends that have a bit of fluttery feelings for each other and that's why she abandons her parents every summer like would rather like especially when the most part they are arguing like I think the only way that becomes believable because like teenagers are idiots so we'll just be like oh screw my parents I fancy a boy is if they were having some kind of like secret affair like on off affair behind Harry's back and that's why she was just like I want to go spend the summer but also like from a parenting point of view why are you letting your teenage daughter go spend like four weeks of the summer at a boy's house but also like it was fine in the last book I think when it was literally like a week because she was going to the the Quidditch World Cup and then spending the last week of an eight-week holiday there. That, to me, made perfect sense. This one, I don't understand the thought process. Yeah, it's a boy's house, but they know they're, like, platonic friends. And I think she probably but, says, Ginny but, is also my friend. But, and like, I that's think still, like, from Grangers... a parenting point of view, that's not enough. I'm sorry, to hear your, like, teenage daughter go, but we're just friends, that's well, I, not enough. I think also what is probably not explained enough in the text, but what happens is the Grangers have a relationship with the Weasleys that we're not aware of. But put that in the text and then we wouldn't have to yeah. wonder about and it. It's also, like, even if you're, like, parental friends, it's still not, okay, we don't see our daughter the entire year. But we get you her see six her weeks of the summer but actually we'll have two you have four that's not that's not a thing yeah well no the hogwarts holidays are longer they're eight weeks minimum because okay, it's a boarding school so that's still not better two weeks out of eight no that's what i'm saying <laughs> hermione is with mrs weasley so much more than she's with mrs granger yeah which and is Mr. terrific and it's like maybe we're supposed to read between the lines and be like maybe hermione doesn't have a happy family life like she doesn't want to go on holiday with them blah 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 but then if that's the case develop it because you can't just have some weird implication and of it's that. about to get a lot worse when we get to the christmas chapter of this book she literally abandons her parents at a train station whilst holding her skiing gear like yeah we either need to develop this more or not do this because as far as I'm aware this is horrific and it's not talked about enough yeah it breaks my heart for her parents unless they're shitty and that was the reason like but yeah it's it's not developed enough no. like but maybe hashtag justice for the Grangers justice for the Grangers but also it's like what I was saying like I think last episode about they're needing more of like a governmental support system is yeah. like you know, so I 
you know, I, I don't buy that any parents would be like, yes, go and spend six weeks of the summer with that boy that you're friends with to their teenage daughter. No, I'm sorry, they wouldn't. They they wouldn't. You know, that's a recipe for teen pregnancy. But okay, so say that Hermione like sat her parents down and be like, there is a war going on, this dark wizard's come back, blah, blah, blah. I need to help. I've been asked. She could have even said like, I've been asked to help by Dumbledore. Like it's like yes, a thing. But, you know, then the parents would just go... No. This is a load of bullshit. You just want to go stay at your friend's house all summer. No, young lady, go back to your room and we're going to give you some condoms. Like, you know, there needs to be, like, did Dumbledore or McGonagall come and, like, sit down with her parents to explain the situation? Like, what what happened? What went on there? And also, like, even if she was like, oh, I want to go help out, they'd be like, you're 15. Like, what are you going to be doing that's helping what out? What are you doing? It's just so unplausible. And I feel like it's just lazy writing that it doesn't get explained. I think it's I, really lazy writing. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's sexism that she just doesn't, you know, she is seen as the parent. Yeah, not- and she gets to be a fully formed character. Yes, with flaws, but without us knowing the backstory to what may have caused those flaws or to what, like, her the reasons why she grew up the way she did and her like it's yeah. so unfair why, she's not yeah. allowed this like, relationship why is with her she parents so mature yeah. like maybe her parents are useless and that's why she's so mature my mum i mean my mum is really really, really immature <laughs> don't get me wrong and she always has been but my mum also so my mum's oldest sister is like 10 years at least older than her like my mum was basically an accident like her mum was like 40 something when she had her so then basically like the raising of her was oops (laughs) and they just you know I mean they were great parents in many many ways but also in other ways they were just like we're done with parenting and they just let my mum run around getting into trouble, doing whatever, and they literally didn't care. Like, my mum got with my dad when she was 16 and my dad was 23. Mm. That's not okay. Like, obviously it turned out okay they're married and my dad was a nice guy, but, you know, in it a lot of cases, that, yeah. that's not an, that's a seven-year age gap when you're 16. That's not an okay age gap. But, you know, they just didn't care. They were, like, done with that part of their life maybe that's what the Grangers are like you know maybe they're a lot older than we think they are maybe there is some kind of reason like that but then that deserves to be like elaborated on and that can add to Hermione's character because maybe she's always been self-sufficient and then that's why she comes so over-prepared and so overly mature to Hogwarts yeah just put it in the text Otherwise, we'll talk about it for 20 minutes. Um, The twins apparate into the room and Ginny also arrives. And for the first time in four books, she arrives and doesn't lose her shit around Harry, which is when Harry then starts... Well, not quite, but kind of we're meant to kind of think like, oh, maybe Ginny's cool. Like, she's all right. Because she's like, I've been flicking dung bombs at a door for ages. I'm cool now. Yeah, I love the sudden Ginny character development. I love it. But also, like, on one hand, I'm like, I wish we'd seen it. But on the other hand, it's believable for a 13 going on 14 year old to have this quite sudden different character between books, I think. To me, like, I think just going off me, like that for me, I mean, I'm still not cool. But like that kind of like more like confidence happened a bit later on but yeah. I do know that like that's just me for some people they were just for some people they had the level of confidence I have now when they were 14 yeah and that's infuriating it just happens at different times but Ginny just gained a load of confidence and she's cool now yeah we learn that Bill is in England yay and has been helping Fleur with her English uh, yeah, go yes. Fleur she saw what she wanted at the end of last year and she fucking got it yeah love her go. she 
manifested that she really did and i love her confidence yeah harry brings up percy it turns out percy had a fight with mr weasley at the beginning of summer he got promoted to junior assistant to fudge and mr weasley basically told him that's a spy job to spy on the family because <laughs> that's a spy job to spy, spy on the family it's a spy job spying fudge is basically firing anyone in league with Dumbledore and wants information on them. So put Percy in the department to keep an eye on the Weasleys. Percy was so somewhat understandably, somewhat not. Like, if my parent implied that I only got a job to spy on them, I would be pissed off. Like, yeah. Percy's short-sighted for not realising what's happening to him and that he's being manipulated, but also that's a cruel thing to say to someone and it's also he probably reacted so badly because he knew it was true that's the thing he knows in the back of his head it's true exactly so percy was so angry he then snapped at mr weasley that he's had to struggle against mr weasley's lousy reputation his entire life and said them being poor was mr weasley's fault for having no ambition i still stand by the fact that mr weasley is a head of department and that probably the reason they're poor is because they had a fuck ton of children yeah He's still a head of department. That's good going. There's not that many departments. He is one of a few. Yeah, I don't I don't really get... The, the whole thing with the money makes no sense. Also, you can produce your own food. Why are you poor? Most of my money goes on food. <laughs> All of my money goes on food. <laughs> it's food and rent. <laughs> yeah, London, it's food and rent and beer. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Where is the TV adaption of this fight? The fact it happens off screen in a book and it was never even adapted for anything. I'm like, this is so good. Exactly. Give Chris this moment. Yes. This, I mean, this is, but this is so sad because like we know Percy has never been a great guy, but still in the last book, we saw him running into the water to help Ron. Mm. And like, and, and this is just like all happens off screen. We don't see much of Percy this book. And to say that to Mr. Weasley and Har- I think Harry is so shocked because he never had growing up a male figure he could respect and Mr. Weasley is one of the male figures in his life that he really respects and he really is thankful for. So to hear one of that person's own children disrespecting him that way, I think is very shocking to Harry, who obviously owes a lot to Mr. Weasley and like looks up to him a lot, I think. Yeah. Percy says... Percy then also implied that Harry's word against Voldemort isn't good enough. And this is when Harry finds out that the Daily Prophet has been making sly digs at him to discredit his word. And that this is... the. everyone thinks that it is fudge doing this like manipulating the daily profit and um this is manipulation of the press at a state level as opposed to what we have where the bbc is in completely un oh fuck oh no wait no i was i I literally wrote (laughs) this is what happened with brexit why is there only one newspaper this is an autocracy yeah it's not good to say the least. You're literally... Because I was like, oh my God, they're manipulating the entire population to believe a certain thing. And I was like, oh my God, that's what happened with Brexit. And so many things. Immigration. Yeah. Oh, Christ. <sighs> Just it is with amazing every... how she slipped these like actual real word things into a children's book and we're all just like oh my god and you read it and you're like no press would do that no press would put in these tiny little like pointless like digs over random stupid thick bacon sandwich exactly 
bacon sandwich. If you don't know what we're talking about, basically at one point the leader of the Labour Party ate a bacon sandwich in a kind of funny way and he had a No, what, he was literally just, he was just literally eating a bacon sandwich. There's no other way to eat a bacon sandwich. His mouth was wide. He like, got a picture taken of him. If and you take a load of photos of anyone eating a bacon sandwich and choose the worst possible one, that's literally just what they did. Like, his mouth was open. But then the press took those photos, used them to discredit him in every single way and Labour lost the election. Like, obviously, cause and effect, there were other things, but that was a huge no, it, thing. Yeah, People were like, like a he's most... a Muppet, he's an idiot. Yeah, they just like, ba- literally just like painted him as this like buffoon. When he's it's actually an incredibly intelligent incredibly, man. Incredibly, and he like fucking runs circles all around Boris Johnson, even though he doesn't have to anymore. And also Boris Johnson looks like an idiot all the time. Boris Johnson just is actually a buffoon and they're like, what a British hero. He's, he's so relatable to everyone else. No, he isn't. No, no. Ed Medelband is. I used to love a bacon sandwich. I love Ed Miliband. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, manipulation at state level of press to change an entire nation's mind. Thanks yep. thanks for this in a children's book, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yeah, needed that. They're all called to dinner. We briefly get an explanation of Creature, the old kind of mad house elf. Tonks tricks trips over the umbrella stand, which sets off a screaming portrait behind a curtain. And then Sirius runs out into the room and says, like... You've met my mother, and that's yeah. the dramatic well, end to the chapter. Like, oh, shut up, you horrible old, old hag! hag. And then she's like, "You're a shame on my flesh." And then he like closes the curtains and turns around. And is like, "So you've, you've met, met my, my mother. mother?" I'm like, "Serious, like, stop it!" Dun, dun, dun. Serious loves a dramatic entrance. Uh, he does. almost as much as Snape, almost as much as I do. Yes. No, I've never made a dramatic entrance. And that's the end of the chapter. No, my only dramatic entrance was falling out of a tree in front of the police. Anyway. That's the end of the chapter. Yes, it is. What do you think of these chapters? I liked them. I liked them. I forgot we... I knew that we don't get to Hogwarts for, like, most of this book, it feels like, but I forgot how quickly we get to Grimmauld Place. Yes. But also, all these chapters run on to each other. Like, And I know the next four, again, all run on to each other without a break in time. Yeah. It's very very intense angsty and intense harry just keeps getting angry about shit he does uh we have a question yes we do what's the question if you could i i read this question before and i was like chef's kiss brilliant if you could relive one memory in the pensive either your own or someone else's or both what would it be and that's from Imogen, and that is a spectacular question. It is a spectacular question. I'm not sure if I can think of any one thing, because there are so many things. And, like, I hate to say it, because it's just, a no- like, I don't want to be that, like, I would use it romantically. But, like, you know when you've had, like, so many, like, conversations and moments with people before, yeah. and you wish you could go back and watch it again, and, like... It felt see it like from a movie like a, at the time. Yeah, or just see it from like an unbiased point of view or yeah. be like, was that as good or as bad as I remember it? And just like, actually just like see it again. Yeah. And then also just like moments for like self-esteem boost. Like I now have a folder on my phone called like nice things. Aww. And basically whenever anyone like texts me anything nice. Yeah. I screenshot it and then I just put it in that folder and then I'm, when I'm nice. feeling bad and like everyone hates me I'm like here's a folder of people not hating you I do the same with work someone very wise once told me to make a folder in your work email and put every like nice complimentary email you get from a management in there to look back on when you're having like a crazy moment and it is a very good piece of advice it's very That's helpful good. I need to do that you do it's really good yeah I mean I thought immediately of like a like just 
depressing stuff, but I would just go back to like a family dinner when my grandparents were still alive and just like, just one of those moments where you were so happy and you didn't know that, I don't know, well, A, that the world was going to go to shit and like people were still, and those moments where you think, wow, I didn't know this was the last time I would do something like this. And that's a good thing because at the time you wouldn't want to know it was the last time you would do something like this or like the last time things would be like this. But then I would like to watch that back yeah there are also moments from like like i always specifically remember the summer i had in between sixth form and university when like everyone had cars and we knew we were all going to be leaving so we just like did whatever we wanted and we were 18 so we no longer had to like ask stuff i was working a job i had my own money and i remember there's this one moment that i would love to relive we were driving back from a day out and we had two cars, four of us in each and we were driving along the dual carriageway with all the windows open and it was the height of summer blasting music so we could each hear we were playing music on the dual carriageway and it, in that moment it felt like something out of like a teen coming of age movie Yeah, and I would love to watch that moment Literally back. like Perks of Being a Wallflower. It was truly like that. When they're like what is this song? And you're like, it's David Bowie, you absolute cretins. <laughs> it's the 1990s. How have you not heard this like, song? And they're supposed to be hipsters. I know. What? That yeah. moment is laughable. But yeah, it felt like that. And like those kind of moments where you're like, that felt like a movie. Yeah. I want to see that again. I would go back and watch like the memory of like mid-March being in the office when it's like, okay, we're going to shut down the office for two, two weeks. <laughs> and I would just go and watch that memory. And then when they're like, for two weeks, and I would just go, mm, what to say? <laughs> I would go back to that meeting where we decided we wanted to start the podcast and stop at no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, oh, that's a very sweet question though. I like yeah, that. Yeah, there's like literally so many, like a lot of like happy memories, a lot of memories where like I'm like confused or just like want more clarity on what happened like there's yeah. a lot of things like particularly and I I do hate just being that like boyfriend thing but like with like ex-boyfriends where like things that they like said or did at the time that like at the time when you love them you're like that was fine and then you get out of it and you're like that was that maybe was not very fine. wrong and I would like to watch it again so that I could ascertain how I actually unbiasedly feel about it now I'd never thought of that but that's like a really good point because yeah like hindsight is twenty twenty with a lot of things and some things I've realized now I'm an adult about like things that happened to me like with a first boyfriend at like 17 I'm like that wasn't good but I want to actually see what happened like I don't know yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> I love how we're like pick one and we're like here's five yeah <laughs> I'd like things with like people that were like almost things like I would like to go back and like watch conversations like me and a certain someone will always have many conversations like I messed it up no I messed it up no I messed it up and I would like to go back and like work out which one of us messed it up maybe you both did (laughs) I think that's the truth but I would like to go back and see just how awful I was that would make you feel bad no I don't think I was awful maliciously I think I was just an awkward person that can't handle my own feelings same all the time <laughs> yeah oh, thank yeah. you for that that was that a good was question many things yeah anyway thank yeah. you guys for listening um the next keep safe <laughs> keep safe bye, bye our merch bye <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons Vera, Veronica, Sandra, Samuel, Rhiannon, Redbeard, Metalib. 
Molly, Kristen, Katie, Catherine, Nathan, Jacqueline and Harrison. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon, where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.